Hello and welcome to Existential Dread with Madeline Drain and Martin Loesch. Existential Dread is a podcast for creatives who are probably trying too hard, possibly tying themselves in knots but love their creative field. Perhaps trying to earn some money from their creativity, trying to break into an industry or just enjoying their passion and seeing how far they can take it. Existential Dread is letting you in on the secret that basically nobody knows what they're doing. So we're here to dispel the myth and give an honest account of the stuff that's going right and the stuff that's going up in smoke. We are your hosts. We're two out-of-work writers, soon to be homeless if this podcast doesn't take off. Me, Madeline Drain. And me, Martin Loesch. Right. So our theme this week is finding the idea, having that spark of inspiration it's arguably the most fun bit of the whole creative process when you just happen upon something and you suddenly get this wave of inspiration. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I don't know if it's the most fun bit. Um, I think it's the most fun bit. Yeah? Yeah. I like the writing better, I think. Because I think we I struggle a lot with the coming up with the idea in the first place. You like the nitty gritty of getting into yeah, it. Yeah. I like the puzzle of getting things to work. No, see, I like when you think you have the best idea ever and then the hard work feels like it's going to be really easy because you feel so inspired and then you later find out that it's never easy. Yeah, that's when you hear, um, it practically writes itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wish an idea would write itself uh, yeah, once in a while. Um, easy, it's it? yet to happen. Um, yeah, I mean, where, where did you get your ideas where do I get my... Well, that's the thing. They often just come to you, don't they? People say that they come to you, like, in bed, late at night, just a yeah. wave of that's inspiration me, yeah. hits you. That's you? Yeah. People get in the shower. I get it when I'm trying to fall asleep. I think it's because I'm concentrating on not thinking about anything. Yeah. I'm, like, trying really hard to fall asleep that I don't fall asleep. I just think amazing, great, creative, you know, unique and original thoughts. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah. I read something once. I could be, I did not fact check it. Could be bullshit. But apparently, when you're tired, you are more creative because tiredness would like suggest that there's no life threatening danger happening. So your kind of survival instincts kind of are taking a bit of a snooze, and that's when the creative side of your brain can like flourish a little bit more so potentially a bit of science for why ideas might come to you in bed but so it's like evolutionary like you're so comfortable that you're free to yeah because if you're being chased by a fucking lion yeah you don't want to be like oh my god an idea for my next novel (laughs) i mean i feel like some people would actually get those thoughts i feel like we know a couple of people who like under pressure you know diamonds that was made under pressure. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I get, I get my stuff. I think I get most of my ideas in bed. Um, I think it operates differently though for different stuff for, for, for like jokes, like stand up. Um, I'll, this is going to sound really cringy, but I'll think of, I'll, you know, when you're a kid and you're like, I mean, I, uh, you're probably so cool, too cool for school. Right. But I just wish I was the cool kid who'd like, go to the fucking school talent show and like murder on the guitar and be a rock star and stuff. And everyone thought I was super cool. That was my fantasy, right? So yeah. I would go through scenarios of yeah. me 
doing this and like what I would say to people, what people say back to me and how all the compliments that I would get. And you'd be um, like, oh, it's no big deal in yeah, your exactly. head as you're imagining exactly. what a big deal it would be. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing this whole fantasy thinking it doesn't even really matter because I'd be too cool. Dreaming right? up a scenario that you're too cool for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but so for stand-up, I do the same thing. I'm like picturing what it would like going on stage and I would say this and then people would laugh at this bit and then I would say that and then people would laugh at this bit again. And then I would, and then I'm even doing like crowd work, which is mental because I'm like, I would ask someone and someone would say, oh, I'm a plumber. And then I'd go into a whole plumbing riff. Like, so I come up with the, uh, like stand-up jokes, just doing that. Yeah. Just literally picturing myself on stage. But then when it's like writing jokes, it just, I'm like thinking about something stupid and then. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense with what I tend to write. It's just very stupid ideas. <laughs> and then I wake up in the middle Dumb of Dumb ideas are the best ideas. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's a massive thing that people, when they're just about to fall asleep, you get like a little brainwave of something. And sometimes it just like, it's not quite enough to like fully wake you up. It's just like a passing thought. And then the yeah. next day you're like, what if I just had the most amazing transformative idea of my whole life and then I just slept through it? But I don't know, in a way, then it can remain the most amazing idea you've ever had in your it, whole life. The potential life. is there. Yeah. <laughs> you've never actually yes. done anything with it, so it might still be good. Yeah, you don't have to work it through and realise that it makes no sense. <laughs> realise that it's tragic. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... I, I get that a lot. I can't sleep if I have something if I have something that I need to write down because of the anxiety of like this might be amazing. Yeah. Because it usually is. <laughs> uh, <I'm, laughs> I'll be so stressed that I will be squandering that idea that I'll wake myself up. I mean, it's happened to me last night. I woke up and I was like, I need to fucking write this down, otherwise. And then I lost sleep. And the next morning, you feel like ass. And then you'll you'll read it and be like, that wasn't worth. That wasn't worth sleep deprivation. Yeah, no. I have had the occasional one where I'll then get my laptop out and then be like writing, writing, writing for hours. Or write a whole thing. Yeah, or like get like the full like extent of the idea down and start like, and be like, oh, and then that could lead to that. And then this could, and then I could do this with this. And it's a lot of fun until you realize that it's four in the morning and I've got a shift yeah. to go get, make coffees for like nine hours the next day. But do you, do you ever go back to it and go, oh, there was, there was something there? That has happened before, yeah. yeah. More often, a, you get, like, an inspiration for, like, a development of an idea. But I have occasionally had a brand new idea at, like, 1am in the morning. Yeah. As I'm trying to fall asleep and, like, got up and started writing. Like, it. writing it out. Yeah. Yeah, same. I get, like, development. I get, like, scenes or, like, snippets of things or, like, mm. just premises that are really dumb. I just, I wake my girlfriend up and I go and I tell it to her. And then if she... Bet she loves that. Fucking hates it. It's like every night as well at this point. Um, oh, babe, babe. I'm this yeah, amazing I this idea. Great, I got this great thing. The only, the only, my only like sort of yardstick to know if, if it's any good is if she like will wake up fully and listen to it because it's oh, yeah. that good. Then I'm like, okay, well... If you can make her laugh. If, if I can make her laugh she's while trying she's trying to, to sleep. sleep and hating me like actively despising the fact that she's up because of <laughs> this dumb fuck <laughs> then it's good then i and then i've got something that's a true captive audience yeah. yeah it's a good system yeah and she doesn't pity laugh either she just fully no absolutely yeah. not if there's one person that, that will never pity laugh 
It's, it's my girlfriend. It's your girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've only met her like twice, but you're like, yeah, I can tell. I can tell she'll never pity laugh. Yeah, I think that's a good Tells thing. Well, it would be yeah. much worse if she pity laughed you all the yeah. way on stage and then oh, you God. died on your whole. I get that. Yeah. So then what, what do you do when, when you don't get that light bulb moment? Well, it's that thing, isn't it, where people always say stuff happens when you least expect it. And it's the most fucking annoying thing that people can say to you when you're trying to get something done. But it is annoyingly true. Like, as soon as you stop trying to have an idea, it, that's when it'll end up coming to you. It'll be like halfway through a different project. You'll be like, ah. Oh, I have no time to dedicate to this, but I've just had the best idea. But I guess that's why you have to write everything down as soon as you think of it. And then if you ever like need an idea desperately and you've got the time, then you have this little back catalogue. You can just roll through and see which one of these is the like the least bad that I can give a go. Yeah. So what do you like physically? What do you do? Say you're sitting behind your computer. Classic writer's block whatever yeah we have to do it doesn't come anything that isn't sitting and staring at the computer screen for hours because that's like the most demoralizing thing that you can do and so i feel like get out just get away from the computer get away go and look at nature and the bigger the nature you can look at the better because it makes you remember how small and insignificant you are and no one like, you don't need to judge whatever you're making as harshly as you are, because in the grand scheme of the world, we are all extremely insignificant. And you can look at that as to mean there's no point, but you can also look at it to mean, fuck it, I may as well do something that I will enjoy making and is going to give me a lot to do it. Yeah. I mean, it is quite ironic, though, because you're saying, oh, well, you'll be prompted by your enjoyment of it. Yeah. But then when we talk about it, I don't think we enjoy it that much. <laughs> it's not like that. I do fun. and I don't. I I yeah. kind of do. I love it when I step back from it. I love it. Yeah. And when you're really into the details of it, it's really hard. But I think if you didn't love it on some level, you wouldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, it's not the amazing financial success that's keeping I mean, us yeah, no, doing it. Yeah, no, it's not really paid to do so any of this. So it's got to be something. But do you think? Yeah, do you think other people get that? Do you think, like, other creatives? I think so. I think the people... Everyone I know that is in a creative field Mm. has this, like, love-hate relationship where you're like, oh, my God, like, art is, like, my therapy. And then you're doing it. And you're like, (laughs) tearing your hair out. Yeah, I feel suspicious of those people that, I just love doing it. I love this. I'm like, I, I get liking... Enjoying one part more than the other, but the entire thing feels fucking ang- like anxiety-inducing and yeah. Oh, I was gonna say something just now. Oh, oh it would have been amazing. It would have been so good, but then I didn't. Uh. Yeah, but the worst thing you can do is try to like force an idea when it's just not coming. I remember actually with a mutual friend of ours. Um, they were in that absolute nightmare situation. We had pictures to do. There was a deadline and she just didn't have an idea. She was just drawing a complete blank. 
And it was it was hard to be around because the it was everybody's worst nightmare. The stress was like palpable. And we all went into this mode of like trying to just like throw ideas at her, like seeing what would stick, like, oh, maybe this, maybe that. But actually it doesn't really work like that because you can't just, any creative person can't just like pick up a random idea off the floor and run with it. It has to in some way feel like it's yours, in some way feel like you have a point of view on it. Otherwise, what's the point? So yeah. even though we were going, oh, maybe you could do about this, she was going, no, like, no, that's not, that's not, <laughs> that's not my thing. That's yeah. not my, <laughs> it's not as come from me. It's not come from, like, you know, if you don't have that inspiration, it's like very hard to just like do anything. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you need to like appropriate it to yourself and it needs to be... Yeah, you need to find your angle. Yeah. Because, I mean, I mean, you said, don't you, you just steal a lot of your ideas. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, if it doesn't speak to you, there's nothing you can do to it that's going to be interesting. Yeah. But then I, I struggle with that a lot where I'm giving, like, in giving ideas or giving feedback, I end up just doing something that I would want to do. Yeah. And that's super, like, I feel like that's very difficult to Separate. be vague enough that you're pushing someone to find something but not so specific that you're just, yeah, that you're just doing your own idea yeah. and then using them as a springboard for your own stuff. Yeah, you can't project onto other people's yeah. work. I have, a, I have a, a real hard time doing that. But I think it's also, I, yeah, I think if you find yourself in that situation, it's probably a good thing because that means you have a unique voice, whatever that means. Like you have an angle that you're... Yeah. Yeah, comfortable with. But yeah, I do steal all my stuff, yeah. <laughs> I... <laughs> but you make it your own. Yeah. And you bring your own perspective and you bring your own comedy to it. Yeah. I mean, I guess the jokes at the end, that, that comes very, that's the very last thing yeah. that I try to add to whatever. But I mean, yeah, when one of the, one of the projects that I wrote um, was fully just... So I, we were pitching stuff and I had no idea what to pitch. And then I thought, well, last night I watched this documentary on this guy. I'll just pitch something. I, I literally, at the pitch thing, I was like, I don't have an idea. I just came clean. I was like, I don't really have anything. So I'll just tell you about this thing that I watched last night. Um, Is that need for weed? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that I turned out good. Yeah, I like how that, I, where that went. I think it only worked because I only watched the first like 20 minutes of the hour right. and a half documentary. And then I was like, well, <laughs> this is really cool. And then I kind of went with yeah. where it went. So, so so what was your research for this project? Well, I watched the first 20 minutes of a documentary. <laughs> total ADD brain. Like it was on, didn't pay attention to it. And then, yeah. and then just regurgitated. Um, but yeah. But I mean, I think, I think that kind of works because there's, you're not going to, write anything new anyways um no there are no new ideas it's just new new iterations interpretations. of them yeah but so, i like to another thing that i like to do is just what i watch something i think watching i mean watching maybe not so much because you need to be quite actively engaging with stuff yeah so i think reading is probably a better consumption of media yeah well as something to do if you're like feeling like a lack of inspiration yeah you turn to books yeah and like reading's quite useful. I think reading is also because it's quite passive in a way. It allows you time to like breathe and. You find reading passive. 
Yeah, I find sort watching of. way more passive. I mean, you're watching, obviously. I mean, you can watch intentionally, but I find my um, like attention span for that is kind of low. For reading or for watching? No, for watching stuff. I feel I feel like I'm a lot more engaged if I'm reading something. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it's... For me, it's the situation that I find myself in. Okay. When I'm reading. Like, when I'm reading, I'm only doing this one thing and I'm relaxing fully to then engage with the book or whatever. Yeah. Whereas when I'm watching, I'm texting, I'm eating. I've got... More often than not, I'm, like, doing something else. Yeah. Or, like, people are talking through it or whatever. Yeah. And even when I'm intently watching... Like, I'm the worst moviegoer. Yeah, I'm bad. I talk the entire time. Like, I just talk <laughs> through it. Um, but yeah. Yeah. You're but not going to so make th- friends in cinema right now. <laughs> I don't do it in the movies. <laughs> I don't come like, oh, that was good. That was quite good. You know, it, I start explaining jokes or yeah. references. Or like, oh, that's it's clever because they did this earlier. And look, that's foreshadowing, whatever it's. Yeah. <laughs> that bit in that film movie. where you were like, that character's gonna die. He's got guns pointing at his yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that? Then they yeah. did. They looked two guns. Yeah, very yeah. smart. Um, yeah. If you want to ruin any movie, if you spot a character that has anything dangerous anything, pointing yeah. both sides of their head. Well, it's not true. I watched the first Knives Out the other day. Yeah. And they're all the characters. I mean, that's. I think it's very much done on purpose. All the Hopefully. characters sit by the, by that whole knife chair thing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, which every rich person has in their house i imagine of course yeah in case they have a murder mystery going <laughs> um and they need a dramatic place to do interrogations yeah um but yeah i i like to so i i, I like to watch stuff and figure out where they got the inspiration for it okay so you work backwards yeah um and that's just very much recent since i've started kind of writing um I think it's just general curiosity as to like how people even create stuff. So then I'll watch a movie and think, oh, I wonder how they got this idea. I wonder how they got that idea. And sometimes it's very obvious, like um, Triangle of Sadness. Yeah. Know, yeah, you've seen it. Great movie. Great movie. Um, I'm 100% sure. I mean, I don't actually know, but I'm 100% sure that they got the movie. <laughs> Without a doubt. Without a doubt. There's no other way you would get this fucking, this movie idea. They watched Below Deck and just went, how terrible are these people? I wish they would all die in a storm or just, you know, be reduced to vomit and puke. And not to spoil it, but vomit and... Spoilers, there's a lot of diarrhea and vomit. There's just a whole... So much It's just, it makes me happy though. Like it... I would honestly, I've seen one yeah. episode of Below Deck. I do want them to capsize and drown. Yeah. It's like that thing of people getting cream pied. You know, when people smush <laughs> a pie yeah. in someone's yeah. face. There's Those people pies, that you yeah. just want that to happen to. Yeah. And these characters getting severe <laughs> it's, seasickness um, and, yeah. vom- and rolling around in their own vomit. That is, that was the big, yeah. yeah, that was the big cream pie. That was, that was a, a big, big crown. I don't think, I think that was in the movie yeah. either. It's a mess for Martin. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was kind of, but also that movie. I, it was a bit, bit annoying because um, I finished it and instead of being engaged with it or whatever, I just stood up, pointed at the TV going, I wish I did that. Like, fuck you for yeah. coming up with it before I did because 
Who are you? Yeah, that is the problem I find with watching other stuff that I really admire, is that I'm so caught up in the genius of how they did it that it's then hard for me to think about what I want to do and how I want to be original because I'm like, oh, but that idea is taken now. I didn't have <laughs> and I it. I wish I yeah. had it. <laughs> I was nowhere near being that clever with it, but I mean... Yeah. No, I can't. Now it's all... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as a film as well. I mean, there is definitely stuff to take from it in terms of just, like, how batshit crazy it was. Like, they just really took the concept of, like, you know, rich people, entitlement, power, and just really went close to the bone with how they explored it, which I, in a really, really good way. Um, yeah. I Yeah, I think it's definitely a movie of... I mean, it's definitely a movie of two parts, right? On boat, off boat. On boat, off boat, yeah, um, definitely. I there's it's. Now that I think about it, the, the off the boat thing was quite clever, and the whole like, loss on an island conceit, and how you can flip that. Yeah, um, I feel like they get to the island quite late. They do, yeah. Because that was the one thing I knew going in is that they would be stranded. stranded. Yeah, and then Spoilers. I was like. They just keep not being stranded. They're just like... Yeah, they just keep being fine. Yeah, right. it's like... I think it's only like the last... Maybe third? Maybe less than that? Yeah, I think it's though. like third act is... Yeah. Is on, on My one island. bit of critical analysis will be... And this is very a me thing to say. Is that I feel like it was quite indulgent in the way that it made the points it wanted to make. Such as like seven minutes of puking uh, yeah like we get the point yeah um and i think maybe it lost some of the character development it could have had yeah the situation changes around these characters but they don't really change um, well, until the off boat bit where it's but that's like, what i mean yeah. the situation has changed they're still being the, yeah. and they're adapting to the situation but they're not like i didn't feel that they were especially learning or growing for better or worse as characters which is for me is something that i love about films is yeah. the journey is the character journey not just the journey Stories. of the plot um yeah like for example the bit where the rich woman makes the entire crew get in the oh, sea and well, go for a swim and oh, it's so good God. because it's this woman just being so awful and just oh so like God. look at me i'm giving a treat it's to these like underlings be, yeah. and but i that, command you to have fun <laughs> exactly but that storyline like that moment to like unravel yeah took it was like probably about 10 minutes of screen time and we got that point initially but they they really kind of indulged so, yeah. in it they really let it play out they really let us yeah. which i think is like i'm not saying that's a bad thing but i think they went down there that was road. less space for actual character stuff yeah yeah so that that's my only kind of observation um but i mean i had a uh, did i have a good time watching it i mean i kind of I had a weird time watching it was it. a weird time i was on the edge of my seat and it's part of that scene is part of the reason why i think they watched below deck because i was watching with someone who seen all the below deck and was like that actually oh, that happened, happened. That okay. actually there's a woman well there's a guy something who like made people get into a jacuzzi that were working there, and they were like, well, I can't, we, I can't work. Yeah. Like, I can't, I'm working. And he, like, made them yeah. get changed and go join him to have a good time with him. And it's like, 
You don't understand. Yeah, I, but I think... <laughs> I like the fact that they drew it out. Because... Yeah. But I think it's also my kind of my sense of humour where it's like, it's an idea and then it goes to the really detailed, to the absurd. Yeah. And like the just the scene where like they're cooking and they, they go... They have to just stop everything. Put the knives down, boys. Put the knives down. Everyone's like, what's going on? And they just leave single file to go. Yeah. yeah. And um, the, the cleaning staff were not included in the crew that had to go for a swim. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That too. Yeah. Mm. But it's for me, it's like those little moments that make the movie. Um, I think my favorite moment was when um, when the, the Russian and the captain are just, are just quoting... Things at each other, and they've just they just of pulling it out that of their is your phone. Favorite bit. <laughs> but like, I'm like, that's so bad because I've been in conversations with someone who's just got their phone out, got their notes out, and gone. This person said that. How clever is that? And you're like, well, just you're losing all the context, and it means nothing in this situation. You're not making a point. You're just quoting things at me, um, and you just sound really clever. Yeah. And you're just really chuffed with yourself when you do that. I feel. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. And it, fe- I mean, it's something I would do, for sure. It's 1,000% something you would do. <laughs> if you were on that boat, you would be the I would have been, I would have You been... would be the drunk captain if you were any of those characters. Uh, Which, if you're going to be one of those characters, probably the best the one drunk to captain. be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Martin, what have you been doing this week, creativity-wise? Creativity-wise? Um, I did stand-up two nights ago at an open mic. I was Yay! very brave. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how the fuck you do that. Um, <laughs> empty room. That's the secret. An empty room. Yeah, that's no one watching. Is is the secret? Were you that. expecting people to be there? I was expecting more than more than what showed up. No, so I, it was just I, empty seats. I went with no expectations because that's my motto in life. If you don't expect anything, you'll be either surprised or dis- or not disappointed. So. Mm-hmm. That's a good life mantra. Um, no, there was there were twelve acts. Yeah. Uh, twelve people in the audience. Oh, so they were the. <laughs> yeah. So, so every audience member every was also an act. Was also an act. They were okay. just waiting to get on. Okay, so was that a friendly audience? Um, it was a it was a, I think unattentive audience because most of the people were just kind of waiting. I was sort of in the middle as well. Okay. So I think most of the people are just kind of waiting. And then if you're, I don't know. I mean, I don't know most of them. Um, did the ones at the beginning stay for everyone else's? Yeah. Or did they? Yeah. I oh, mean, it would have been very that's... rude to leave at that point. And it would have been very <laughs> that would noticeable have been me. <laughs> to just leave. Do my thing. Fuck um, off immediately. It, I, Good I, luck, guys. <laughs> it was in the in a basement of a nightclub. Like a, a basement nightclub, separate room next to it. Like it's separated by a curtain. And then you go through a curtain. Okay, and it's so like you a bit oomps, oomps, oomps Yeah, you can just door. hear. But it was a Tuesday night after the New Year, like weekend. Right. So people would come in and out, sort of. But it'd be like one person go in, go in listen to an act, go, this is fucking shit. And then leave again. Yeah. Uh, but it went all right. Yeah, it was it was fun. It was it was good. Yeah. Um, made the sound guy laugh a lot. And I, I was like, like, oh well, there's good. there's something. And then he went on to do a bit. So I was like, all right, well, it's just <laughs> another fucking comic that's laughing at the stuff. But I yeah, mean, what, but that that still counts. It still yeah, counts. I guess. Um, it's just not really. 
it's not really the same, I think, because most of the, I think when you're, you're familiar with performing in that way and you see someone either struggling or doing really well, you laugh anyways, because you're like, oh, it's funny, I'm sorry this is happening to you. Yeah. But then also most of the acts were like, I'm not going to try. I mean, it's just you guys. Like, I'm here every week. Like, who cares? Well, everyone you know got I mean? up there and said they weren't trying. That's no, such a cop-out. No, no, no. You're all but like trying. A, a couple of people, like, one guy was like, I'm just going to sit and, like, should we just talk? And then we just had, we were just, he was just having conversations. I mean, yeah. it was very nice. Yeah. It's just not actually stand-up comedy. It's not real, yeah. Uh, whereas I tried, space. tried really, really hard. Yeah. Tried so hard to, to make everyone laugh. Um. <laughs> nothing wrong yeah. with trying hard being a try hard is a good yeah. thing and then everyone walked out of, of the place um, and then you, you kind of walk back through the nightclub nightclub uh, five people in all wearing black all staff oh my gosh <laughs> and the it's theme the, of this venue yeah it's just empty but it was in the middle of the west end and you know you come back out of it and it's really really busy so i was kind of surprised yeah yeah it wasn't buzzing but i mean right after the holidays what can you do yeah that's it it? i'm just glad i got my christmas material out your seasonal stuff (laughs) (laughs) yeah i uh i had seasonal topical uh i was gonna say it's the kind of gig where it's great to practice all your stuff see what works see what doesn't but it's all you're gonna have to pack it all up until next (laughs) christmas yeah it's over now I had a killer Michael Bublé joke. (laughs) (laughs) I'm absolutely determined to get an invite to a stand-up gig soon. I want to come. I want to laugh. Probably not there. Probably not there. Yeah, maybe somewhere a bit more vibey, but... Yeah. I mean, open mics, you you tend to... Sometimes I have a requirement of, like, we have to bring people. Just to liven the place up a bit. Oh, Yeah. But um, yeah, that was fucking dead. Kidnap people into attending. Yeah, they they were like, like... if you want to perform, you have to make sure that it's not shit. Like in more (laughs) ways than one, like you have to make sure that there's people there to laugh, and you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to leave early. But yeah, everyone was super nice. It it does sound a bit prison. You're not allowed to leave. You have to bring people to also get locked into the building. And then you have you, to subject them to your yeah, jokes. If you'd seen some of the acts, you would have understood. It's a form like, of torture. <laughs> you know, like, if we let people leave, there's just not going to be anyone at the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was my week. Yeah. I love that. Mine was a lot more subdued, staring at a laptop, mm. hunched over in the panic of an impending deadline. It's also one of those deadlines where you know for yourself and for your own like progression that you have to that it's good to do it but you also know that nothing tangible is going to come from it so it is a bit like you work yourself up into this kind of like panic for it but you like and then you submit it and you're like right Uh, well i'm not even going to be checking my emails to see whether anything comes back from this but it just feels a bit up in the air yeah it's a bit of a shot in the dark but you know I was about to say. Look at us, idioms. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> Talking in cliches, <laughs> The shots you don't take. Oh, wow. Oh, sorry. First episode, and we're already like, <laughs> hey now, <laughs> super cat. Open the book of cliches. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this has been our very first episode of Existential Dread. Thank you so much for listening. 
Uh, if you want to check out our socials, we are on Instagram at existentialdread.pod. This episode was produced by Madeline Drain, edited by Martin Loesch, with music by Conrad's. Mm-hmm.